Today, we will continue our series on Connected, Connecting with God and Others. Thank you for joining us. Here's a premise thought that I would make for you, and I would encourage you to write this down. But here it is. What we see matters, but how we see it is essential. What we see versus how we see it. I can tell you 10 plus years ago when I first stepped foot on this campus before I became lead pastor, I saw a sign that said the Oasis Church. Chad, you were in the middle of it. Alan, you were in the middle of it at that time. Many others were. And when I walked in here and started to evaluate what was going on, I saw betrayal. I saw financial ruins. I saw a lot of contamination. I looked across this room, even the first time I ever shared, and I saw people that were starving for leadership, for hope, for perspective and direction. I, I, saw, I saw just a lot of wounded people that were sheep without a shepherd. That's what I saw. But then you've got to ask the question, how did you see it? I saw the possibility of a new culture. I saw a new identity. I saw the oasis dying and the cross Loganville becoming alive. I saw a new name, Nomen Estoman, that your name is your destiny. I, I saw a place where people's stories could be redeemed. I saw a place where every person that walked in here would believe that their story mattered, that God had created them, God had redeemed them. And I really did. I saw some 10 plus years ago that this would be a place of restoration and hope. This would be a missional church. This would be a place of discipleship. What you see, how do you see it? I remember driving onto this campus multiple times, and I would pass by this big, open, grassy area over here to my right. I would go up into my office, and I would look out the window, and I would see this grassy area, weeds growing, ants. It was just nasty looking. There was nothing. And I remember looking at it many days, and I was like, Lord, here's how I see that. I see a multi-purpose sports area. I see hundreds upon hundreds of kids and families coming onto this campus. I see little kids being introduced to sports, but more than that, introduced to healthy relationship, but more than that, introduced to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you've got to ask the question, what do you see and how do you see it? Because I can tell you, it's not what you see, it's how you see it that is going to be the difference maker. I mean, I'm approaching next month. It will be 36 years of being saved, but I don't see it that way. If you do the math on it, it's been 13,100 days. And I haven't been walking with Jesus for 36 years. I've been walking with Jesus one day at a time. And I look at it, and I'm like, man, 13,100 days that the Lord has allowed me to walk with him. And for any of us, it's one day at a time. It's just like I've got, I'm, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to repent, and I'm going to surrender, and I'm going to cry out that the lordship of Jesus would shepherd my heart today. And it's one day at a time. And before you know it, you, you end up in a place that you didn't even see yourself going because of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. Numbers chapter 13, selected reading starting in verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses and he said, Moses, I want you to send men to spy out the land of Canaan. I want you to send men to spy out the land of Canaan. I would underline this. I would circle this. I would highlight this statement, which I... 
am giving to the people of Israel. Moses sent them to spy out the land and said, I want you to go and I want you to see what the land is like, whether the people are, uh, that dwell in it are weak or strong, whether they're few or whether there's many, whether the land is good or whether the land is bad, whether the cities are camps or whether they're fortified and strong, whether the land is rich, whether the land is poor, whether there's trees in it or not. I want you to go and see. And then he says this to them, be of good courage. Now bring me back some of the fruit of the land. So the scripture says they went up and spied out the land. They cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it, carried it on a pole between two of them because it was so much. It was, it was so rich, and it was so uh, plentiful, if you will. They also brought back some pomegranates and figs. They, they, I would circle the word they. They, meaning ten of these guys, told Moses, we came to the land which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. This is its fruit. They said, however, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And we saw the descendants of Anak there, these big, mean, cruel, intimidating people. They, but Caleb, again, I would circle that. I would highlight that. But Caleb, Caleb's name means courageous one. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we're able to overcome it. But the men, but they, the ten, who had gone up with him, said, we're not able to go against those people. They're stronger than we are. And they brought back a bad report, saying, the land we have gone to to spy out devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw there are of great height. They're big dudes, and we saw Nephilim giants there, and we seemed to ourselves to be like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to be the same way to them. Here, here's the question I want to pose to you. Even as you ponder this text, and even as we uh, walk through the season of life that we're in right now, you've got to ask the question, what did the 12 see? And you would conclude that the 12 all saw the same thing. It is a land that flows with milk and honey. There's grapes, there's pomegranates, whatever. There, it's, it's a city that's fortified. There, there's some big people that are there. They all saw the same what? But how they saw it was a game changer. How they saw it changed the game. Was it a problem or was it potential? Was it a place filled with obstacles or was it a place filled with opportunity? Caleb, alongside Joshua, said, let's go. Let's do it. Let's take what God has promised. Let's go take the land. And over the last year and a half, we've all looked at what? What's happening? Is it a pandemic or is it a plandemic? What are we dealing with in this culture? And we're all looking at what, but our how we see it is absolutely essential. What you see today regarding your own life, 
what you see regarding your own problems, what you see regarding your own future. What you see matters, but how you see it will either cause you to stay stuck or it will cause you to start to flourish in your journey. Was it a problem? Was there potential? Were there obstacles? Again, Caleb said, let's go. But the other 10 said, and I want you to hear this. Even if you took the text and kind of dissected it, this is where you would be. The other 10 said, we're not able to go against those people. They're stronger than we are. What was their how? Their how was focused on man. As a result of their focus being on man, what did they feel? They felt insecure. Can't do that. It is a land that devours its people. What was their focus? Their focus, their how was on, look at how inadequate we are. We don't have the tools and the skill set and the strength to get this done. And there's so many people today that function out of insecurities and inadequacies. And they're like, man, I, my life sucks and I'll never get out of this rut that I'm in. And they just, their how has paralyzed them. We seem to be like grasshoppers. Their focus was on how inferior they are. And it is so easy to get stuck when your focus and your how is on your inadequacies and your insecurities and just what lacks that you have inside of you. And that's where we're living right now. And you know, again, as we look at what has happened, like his people died, yes, but my greater concern as I look at the what is not just that people have died, it's that people have stopped living. They've stopped trying. They've stopped attempting. They've stopped engaging. They've lived paralyzed, sheltered, shut down lives. And God has called us to life abundantly. And how we see it is crucial. Engage, live, get up, get after it, go for it. No weapon formed against you can prosper. How can a man-made virus intimidate the God of all creation? Come on. Joshua and Caleb, their centered focus, their how was on the Lord. You know what their conclusion was? God is bigger. God is stronger. God is with us. God has promised and I think a lot of times, if we're not careful, we'll allow the inferior voices around us to say, but, but don't you see this? And I go, but yet, don't you see God, the creator of heaven and earth, the one who can raise the dead and heal the blinded eyes and the God of all creation? Is he not superior? Is he not sovereign? As Oswald Sanders in his book on spiritual leadership said, eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. Eyes that look are common, but eyes that see are rare. You've got to see beyond the obvious. And I could go around in this room right now and just pull out story after story of people that saw beyond the obvious. 
My buddy Kevin is coaching at Monroe area when he took that job. Monroe had won six football games in the previous three seasons combined. The first year he steps into it, they're nine and one. The next year they're 10 and oh. If he would have walked in and said, what do you see? I see a losing culture and I see a losing environment and I see boys that don't know how to win and that's what I see. But how did you see it? I see potential. I see guys being trained and guys starting to believe in themselves and guys buying into a greater vision. What do you see? How do you see it? My buddy Dean, many of us are the beneficiary of his vision. What do you see? I've driven up down uh, Highway 78 from the time I took this position here. I saw a McDonald's, then I saw a broken down Pizza Hut. What do you see? I see a place that's uh, not really doing much business. And I, I see a place that ha has pretty much left the building the same since they built it. But if you ask Dean Thompson, Dean, what, what, what'd you see and how'd you see it? Well, well, I saw a chicken place going in called Huey Magoo's, and I saw the potential, man, to provide an incredible product, like some of the best chicken tenders you'll ever eat. How'd you see it, Dean? Did you see a broken down Pizza Hut? Or did you see a place offering value, nutrition, jobs for people? How do you see it? Come on. We got we to gotta get our house right. Numbers 14, 24 says, my servant Caleb... He's got a different spirit in him. He's followed me fully. I will bring him into the land and his descendants. Don't miss it. Caleb had a different spirit, which means he had a righteous how. Why? Because he believed God and he trusted God. You know what the X factor for any of us sitting in here right now is? Whether we're going to believe God and trust God or whether we're going to believe man and empower man. The game changer is, am I going to believe God? Am I going to trust God? Am I going to do what God says? And I can tell you the one thing that separates biblical Christianity from all other religions of the world is its focus on our hearts, which is our motives, which is our why. Because man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at our hearts. I, I see your heart. I see what's going on. Here would be another premise statement for you. God is after our hearts. God's after our hearts. He's after the core of who we are. He's after the core belief deep down inside that drives everything about us. And I would tell you, God cares more about our why than he does our what. He cares more about the heart than he does anything. He goes, hey, when you seek me with all your heart, and Caleb believed God, and his heart was transformed. And as a result of his heart being transformed, his how was transformed. Four observations from the life of Caleb. Write them down. His how gave him greater vision. Hey, 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 hey Caleb, t tell me the secret. Well, I see the land like God sees the land. I don't see the land like y'all see the land. He saw it in the spirit. He saw beyond the obvious obstacles and the problems. God said, I'm going to give this to you. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a fight. You know what the problem for so many is? We don't want to struggle. We don't want to fight. We want things just handed to us on a platter. He goes, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you the land. Is there 
opposition there? Yes. Are there obstacles there? Yes. But is there incredible opportunity there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you see? You see problems or you see potential? It, he, when you study the life of Caleb, he developed a greater faith. His faith continued to grow. When you fix your eyes on the obstacles and problems around you, fear will destroy your faith. And there's so many people living handcuffed and, and bondaged and just paralyzed right now with fear. And God desires that we see life through a biblical lens, through a scriptural lens, through a spiritual lens. When we look at life through a human lens, you'll only see what's in front of you. You'll only be consumed with what's in front of you. And you will allow the difficulties and dangers that you're focusing on to put a lid on you. And you'll never reach your ceiling in life. It's like, what do you see? Caleb walked by faith. Caleb walked by faith, and faith sees the victory. Faith will bring a good report. Faith will bring a good report. Faith will introduce other people to God. Not to fear, not to bondage. Faith will bring vision into reality. It'll develop stronger faith. Another thing about Caleb is he had unstoppable endurance. I look at this guy, and I'm like, man, this dude knew how to endure. He knew how to persevere. I mean, Caleb had spent many years in slavery in Egypt when the people of God were taken into captivity. You want to talk about hanging out in a locker room of negativity, all the complaining and murmuring and griping that had gone on amongst those people? And Caleb goes, oh, oh, oh. But when you see things the way God sees them, you'll keep persevering. When you have a spiritual lens to view life through and you start to see how God sees vision, hey, hey, you'll keep, you'll keep persevering. You're not going to throw the towel in. You're not going to quit. Another interesting thing about Caleb, I would write this down. He spoke words of encouragement. He told the people, even in the midst of all the negativity, hey, calm down. Sim, simmer down. Listen to me. Let's go. God promised, let's overcome, let's take what God says belongs to us. We can do it. God is with us. I love hanging around people that are encouraging. People that are encouraging will spread good news to other people. People that are encouraging will try to motivate other people. Man, I hate hanging out with just the gloom and the despair and the agony and just, how you doing? Oh, man, life's so hard. I'm so tough. I know it can be hard for all of us, but get a stinking checkup from the neck up and eliminate all that stinking thinking. We've got to get a God-sized vision and perspective when it comes to doing life. What do you see? How do you see it? He believed that God was enough. He believed that the promises of God could be trusted. And that's the question. Do you believe God? Do you trust God? Is the Lord and his word really enough? Tell me, I would, I would challenge every person in this room. It's like, stop, just stop. And ask the Holy Spirit to turn on his searchlight and just say, all right, Lord, show me. What do I need to change right now? What do I need to do to get my focus fixed on the promises of God instead of empowering problems in my life? Stop. 
What needs to be reset? What needs to be repented of? Just stop. Lord, we need you. We need you to illuminate our eyes. We're tired of being stuck. We're tired of being defeated. And I want to encourage you to do that. It's like, how do you see your current life right now? How do you see your future? How how do you see the circumstances that you're facing right now? How, How do you view that? Because again, how you see it will be the game changer. Problem, potential, obstacle, opportunity. Here's a question, here's a question. What do you see when you come to church on Sunday morning? How do you see it? Do you walk in here and go, man, this is a place for me to come and get. This is a place for me to come and sit and soak. Or is it, or is it, or is it, maybe a God-sized how, this is a place for me to come and contribute. This is a place for me to come and give. This is a place for me to come and add value. Because if your mindset is, it's all about me, I just come in here because of what I can get out of it, how is that working? Well, this is a place for me to get my needs met. No, it's not. You're a member of the body of Christ. There's a place to contribute. It's a place to allow God to use you. How do you see it? Oh, oh, oh the, 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 probably the scariest one out of all is when you start to deal with the subject of death. How do you see it? Death. Oh, my God. And that's been the narrative, really, that we've been presented with over the last 20 months. If, if you get sick, you could become ill, and if you get ill, you become deathly ill, and you could die. Oh, God, I don't want to die. How do you see it? Oh, God, I've got to die one day. Or... Praise the Lord, I get to die one day and I get to be with Jesus forever. How you see it? How do you see it? You're going to die. It's appointed man to die. Bad news for you. And it's one appointment that you can't cancel. I think I'm going to cancel that one. I want to see if I'm postponing that one for a couple weeks. How do you see it? I got to go to work. I got to go to school. I I get to. I get to get up in the morning. I, I get to work out. I get to read. I get to study. I get to. How do you see it? Because what you see and how you see it is going to be a game changer. Going to church, man, you know, we, we got to tithe. God's going to get all mad at us if we don't tithe. That's your how. I get to invest in kingdom work. I get to be a part of expanding the kingdom. Your how. And Ronnie, so many people have perverted house. They've got twisted house. It is almost impossible to reason with a person who has a twisted how. How do you see what you see? Here's a premise statement. I've got a few of them for you today. God is greater than whatever you face. God is greater. 
Yes, he is. I should have brought this thing. Back about five or six years ago, here's the point. Not what I'm about to hit, but the, the point of it. About five or six years ago, I was, uh, I was blessed, fortunate to be inducted into the Coweta County Sports Hall of Fame in Noonan. You're like, that's not Cooperstown. I know, it's, it's Coweta County. <laughs> but at least it's kind of cool. But they give me this big old, like they took one of my baseball cards or whatever, and I got this big photo thing hanging in my office. I don't, I'm talking about in my downstairs office in the corner where nobody sees it. And I went down this morning. It's like 5 o'clock, and I'm getting ready to get on the elliptical, and I'm all fired up about what and how. I had the light on. I, I walked over, and I was just staring at that. I'm like, man, look at that 22-year-old dude. Man, look at that rainbow Houston Astro uniform. I saw the, I, I just started focusing. I'm man, look at that McGregor glove. You signed a McGregor contract way back. Yeah, those gloves were kind of popular at the time. But I started looking at it. I did. I started looking at it. And I was like, what do you see? What do you see in that dude? And I said, I see a dude who was lost, a dude that partied pretty much every night, a dude that had baseball raised up on the, the pinnacle of his life as being his God. What, what, what do you see? I see a guy that, had no clue of who he really was and why he was here. He just was looking, going, what do you see in that dude? It's like, now, now how, how did God see you? Oh, God, you saw me redeemed, and you saw me saved, and you, you saw me alive in Christ, and you saw me as a guy that you would allow to travel throughout the world and share the gospel, and you saw me as a guy that you would let Mary Barb and have five kids. God, I, 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 oh, God, how you saw me was amazing. How does God see you? What do you see? My buddy Ronnie, you know I love this dude. What do you see? I see a chicken farmer, a dude that's majoring in agriculture from Georgia, raising chicken and pigs. A dude, man, that's only been saved for a little bit. How do you see him? Oh, I'm going to raise him up. He's going to be a Christian counselor, and I'm going to use him to step in the space for so many people. Oh, how do you see him? I see him as a redeemed redneck of the Lord that God is going to use for his glory. Abraham, dude, you're oh, you're like a hundred. Man, you're missing teeth, man. You're just not you're not you don't have a whole lot to offer. Man, you listened to your girl, man. You shacked up with Hagar and this dude Ishmael was born. I'm about to change your name. Let me tell you how I see you. You're going to be the father of many nations. People are going to look at you as a man of faith. I'm about to raise you up. And the rest of his life was the best of his life because he started to see himself like God saw him. You're a cheater, Jacob. Man, you've been cheating all your life. I mean, you were even born into the world trying to grab onto your brother's heel. Jacob, man, your name means liar and cheater. You're disgusting. How, how, how do you see him, God? Oh, I see him. I'm going to change his name to Israel. He's going to be a holy nation. He's going to be a chosen people. He's going to struggle with me. He's going to press in with me. But I'm going to use him. What do you see? How do you see it? 
Oh, dude, I, I know, I know. You, you, you've got a reason to have excuses. You stutter. You struggle to talk. You've got all these mind monsters. But Moses, Moses, let me tell you how I see you. I'm going to use you to pin the Ten Commands. I'm going to use you as a deliverer to lead my people out of Egypt. Let me tell you how I see you. Oh, 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 Peter. You done gone sword fighting, dude. You done slice the dude's ear off. You're denying Jesus. Come on. Peter, you, you, you're just looking for a barroom brawl. Peter, let me tell you how I see you. You're going to have an encounter with me. You're going to settle this love issue with me. I'm going to raise you up. You're going to preach at Pentecost. Thousands are going to come to faith. Peter, make sure your how is aligned with my how. Yes. What do you see? Samaritan woman, dirty, multiple marriages, betrayed, rejected. Oh, let me tell you how I see you. You're going to sip living water, and your worldview and ideology and life is going to be radically rocked. And you're going to go back down into the village and say, y'all have got to come see this man. I'm going to change you how. And a lot of us sitting here today, it's like, man, I need my, I need my how changed. I got good news for every person in this room. God uses redeemed failures. God uses redeemed knuckleheads. God uses redeemed hellions. And he starts to breathe his life into us. But everything you see on any given day, you're going to view it as a problem or potential. It's going to be an obstacle or it's going to be an opportunity. And two and a half years ago, it rocked my world. It rocked my world when Barb and Hannah... We're at the Mayo Clinic and trying to figure out what's going on with baby girl. And her weight had dropped underneath 100 pounds and she was hurting and she was sick and she couldn't hardly breathe and all this stuff was happening. And when the doctor called Barb after a few days there and said, hey, she has CF. And Barb goes, I gotta go tell Hannah. And after she told Hannah, she said, Hannah sat on the end, the end of the bed Hannah, you have cystic fibrosis, baby. You got CF. And she said, Hannah, sat there for a few minutes and looked and said, CF, it's doable. It's doable. Cancer, it's doable. Shut down. It's doable. Get your eyes focused on the Lord. Don't trust your strength. You know what I know? I cannot control what happens to me each day. But I can control how I think and respond to it. I can't control what happens to me each day. How do you view it? Are you going to allow God to use this to grow you, to groom you? I've come to realize that I may feel afraid but I don't have to live in fear. I've come to realize that I may feel angry, but I don't have to live mad. I may 
I may have been hurt in my life, but I, I don't have to live as a victim. Your how is going to determine what you do with your life. I've been hurt. Great. But, but deep down inside, you're going to make a choice on whether you're going to be a victim or whether you're going to walk in victory. Your how is going to determine your life and your destiny and the direction that you're going on today. So many of the stories in this room we know. You walk in here and you look around. What do you see? What do you see? It's easy to see people that have been abused and people that have been rejected and people that are self-consumed and people that are prideful and people that are afraid and people that have medicated with pills and porn and alcohol and pride and money and bitterness. And what do you see? What, what, what do you see in the room? I've Look around this room, people that have been affiliated with church for many years. They go through the motions. They live in self-protection. Again, guilt and shame is driving the narrative. You've got to ask the question, how do you see it? I, I, I see people redeemed. I see people saved. I see people hopeful. I see people walking in the goodness of God. I, I see people believing that they're loved, they're valued, they're accepted. They have worth in God's eyes. I see people pressing into the Lord. I see people walking out of here starting to share their story with other people. I see people leaving their comfort zone and saying, God, all right, I'm going to risk it all for the kingdom. I'm going all in. What do, you, what, what do you see and how do you see it? People in this room have battled so many different things, including myself. If we can get our how, our focus right, God, let me see this the way you see it. Let me see this brother the way you see him. Let me see this sister the way you see her. Oh, I love her. I care about her. I'm for her. Oh, I created her. Oh, she tried to find purpose and worth and identity over here. And oh, they kicked her to the curb. Oh, she's so beautiful. And if she will allow me to pull out of her the things I want to do in her, she has no clue because I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you or her or anybody else can ask or think. And they're going to start to find their love and their joy and their peace in me. And once they do that, oh, I'm going to set them free. I'm going to set them free. I want to pray with you as we close.